What's up, everyone? Welcome to my corner of the internet. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and this is Crossover Commerce, presented by Ping Pong Payments, the leading global payments provider helping sellers keep more of their hard-earned money. Each episode on here will feature leaders in the digital space to help entrepreneurs grow their knowledge and understanding of the Amazon and e-commerce world. Let's get started. What is up, everyone? I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and welcome to episode 81 of Crossover Commerce, presented by Ping Pong Payments. Ping Pong provides marketplace sellers and entrepreneurs global solutions for controlling their domestic and international funds, all with one account. Ping Pong enables companies to significantly reduce their costs when receiving or making international payments, and a platform to increase operational efficiencies, saves time, and allows sellers to manage their business profits from one single source. Pay your VAs, pay your suppliers, receive from multiple marketplaces all over the world. Just sign up for a free Ping Pong account today and save yourself some money. Go ahead and check out that link below in the comments section where it says uh, save on a free month of international FX. Just check it out, sign up for free today and make sure that you note that you listen to crossover commerce. Uh, thanks for joining us on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Everyone, if you're watching us, or if you're listening to this show, thanks for tuning in on Amazon music, Spotify, Apple, Google podcasts, really just wherever you can download a podcast. That's where I'm going to be. Just search crossover commerce and you can ring that notification bell to make sure you are notified when we go live and send out new episodes. So do me a favor on that note, go ahead and follow, like, and share this episode on social media and hit that bell button to be notified of those future episodes. Because guys, guess what? We go live about four to five times per week on the show with experts like our guests today uh, who are gonna bring knowledge and insights in the Amazon and e-commerce field. You don't wanna miss it. I'm gonna do my best to bring you information to apply to your business today so you can start growing and become a more successful business and entrepreneur. Again, uh, you don't want to miss a single episode. If you're watching this live as well, go ahead and tell us what you think in those comments below. We'll be able to see those live and respond to any questions or comments that you might have today. If you aren't watching this live, go ahead and still do so and ask your questions as well. Just tag us. Um, when you have that question and we'll be able to make sure that you get a great response. Um, but about our guest today, uh, again, episode 81 of crossover commerce, I decided to bring in, uh, Shonda Clark, who is the CEO of click further. Who's the first, uh, the world's first and only inventory funding program throughout his in entrepreneur career. Sean's, uh, driving goal has been always to create a solution of one of the most difficult problems in the growing businesses face, it's overcoming funding, the production of their inventory. Fittingly, he actually created Kickfurther to fund inventory uh, for direct-to-consumer and major store brands such as Target, Amazon, Aldi, and more. A native of Watching West uh, New Jersey. I hope I said that right, but uh, that sounds about right to me. I'm just gonna go with it. Uh, <laughs> he uh, studied philosophy at Rutgers University. Um, before beginning his career in the supply chain management uh, company, later growing uh, merchandising firm where he encountered the uh, financing issues that would inspire the finding of Kickfurther, which took him to Boulder in 2014 and where he attended Boomtown uh, Accelerator. In addition to running Kickfurther, he also works as an entrepreneur mentor at Rutgers Business School. Uh, Kickfurther as a company helps businesses grow faster by funding 
20,000 to $1 million of inventory as costly production runs arise. So welcome to the show uh, with Crossover Commerce. Welcome, Sean of Kick Further. Sean, welcome to Crossover Commerce. How are you doing today? Hey, Ryan. Uh, great. Thank you for inviting me. It's great to be here. Of course. Yeah. So that was a little bit of an, uh, an introduction. Like, of, of course, I'm reading your intro and bio, but like, tell me a little bit about who Sean is. Like, why did you get into a space that was super important to you that, you know, lots of people are trying to problem solve of funding and inventory. Like this is probably one of the number one topics that I hear is how do I make my money fluid when it's tied up in inventory? So how, how did you come up with kick further? Maybe like start from the beginning, walk us through and then how you got to today. Yeah, sure. Um, so I've always been an entrepreneur my whole life. I think that comes from a, deep-seated uh, belief in capitalism. And, you know, effectively, if you're working for somebody else, uh, somebody else is getting the value of your labor. And I always really wanted to own the value of the work that I produced, right? So that always really drove me to entrepreneurship. Um, as you mentioned, I had my own uh, merchandising company. So we were taking products from manufacturers overseas, customizing them a little bit and then selling them as exclusives to retailers here in the US. And that business went really well. Um, we went from 600,000 of sales to about a million of sales between year one and two. And what we found was as that business scaled up, uh, we just encountered this inventory finance issue, right? So every everybody we would talk to, we would go to these vendor conferences where you'd have all of these vendors selling to the same retailers. And you'd go talk to people and it's like, how are you funding your inventory? And everybody had a different answer. You know, it'd be like, oh, my my uncle Bob, you know, he uh, he wrote me a check and and he helps me. Or, you know, uh, you know, I've got it running on a credit card was a surprisingly common answer, you know? Um, and it just really seemed like there was not a good unified solution for a problem that pretty much every product business was facing, right? Mm -hmm. And at the same time, you would sell to some retailer like Target, Walmart, whoever, and they put their inventory finance issues on you, right? Because they pay you on net payment terms, net 60, net 90, whatever. Um, so it just felt like the, the, the smallest businesses were getting forced to deal with this inventory finance issue, both from the manufacturers that don't extend credit and from the retailers that are, that are essentially forcing you to provide inventory finance to them. Um, and, and it was just this big problem. So we looked around, uh, I was earning, you know, 0% in my bank account, right? And it was like, how can, how can my cash sitting in a bank account be worth nothing, right? But I go to an AR factor and they're talking about charging me three to 5% discount per month to fund my purchase orders, right? Um, and it just seemed like there was a massive gap in the market and, uh, and there was an opportunity to create a more efficient solution. So we kind of took that idea of let's connect people with businesses that need have inventory needs. We'll allow them to pre-purchase. I mean, you know, Kickstarter and Indiegogo really paved the way with rewards crowdfunding. So we said, we'll allow people to pre-purchase the inventory. We place it on consignment with the business. And as the business sells through the inventory, they pay our community of users back. So you take the people that have the capital, they can put it to work in inventory and support entrepreneurs. Um, and it feels like we really hit on a nerve. You know, we started this six, seven years, coming up on seven years, August, 2014. Um, so, and we've just been growing since then. 
That's awesome. So, so obviously there's a need and like you, you see, like, I mean, there's so many different companies out there trying to extend like lines of credit. Amazon even has their own program that's like yep. uh, financing and whatnot. The, the terms of everything, it depends on where you're working with. So this, this, this concept, obviously when I was doing my looking through you guys last night and I'm, I'm a consumer, I'm looking through everything. This reminds me of Kickstarter. Like I literally just funded a project yesterday on Kickstarter and I was like, oh, this feels very similar in concept. So why, so why this concept? Like, is it, is it because it's cash flow? You're not sitting on a pile and they're just figuring out how much to get people. And this is more like, let the product speak for it instead of, you know, like the transactional process of bank versus, you know, lender. Does that make sense? Like that, that, that's kind of where it sees like people use their passion to fund products they like, and then they almost get like a kickback. It's almost like the smaller way to invest. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's a, it's a way that you can support entrepreneurs. I mean, the key difference between Kickstarter and kick further is if you're selling to someone like target, right. And you go to Kickstarter and you fund 10,000 units, right? Normally those 10,000 units, somebody's expecting to take delivery of them, right? So you can't right. then go and take the same inventory and ship it to Target. So it just, it doesn't fit because people are expecting to pre-fund, you know, and they're expecting to get delivery of that. And the other thing that we've encountered is with Kickstarter, it's a great solution, right? For getting pre-orders, but you know, once like, let's say, you, you know, you've got like a backpack company, right? And you love the backpack company, maybe you know the entrepreneur, you really want to support their ongoing growth, right? But how many of their backpacks can you really buy before like you don't have, you've got too many backpacks, right? right. So Kick Further gives you a way of supporting businesses you like without having to take delivery and delivery of, of their goods, but continuing to support their ongoing growth and expansion into the market. So, you know, more, more people can discover these great companies and great products. Interesting. So when, so you're building out this platform, you said six, seven years, uh, since 2014 is what you said. Wait, so I'm, I'm a person who is selling online. What is my threshold to work with a company like you guys? Like, is there is minimum threshold? You have to have a certain amount of sales. Uh, walk me through like what you guys need in order to like let people into your marketplace, if you will. Yeah. So we have some restrictions on which products we fund um, just due to logistics. So no refrigerated products, no frozen goods. That stuff is just too expensive for us to ship and store and deal with. Um, we don't allow regulated products. So no alcohol, no tobacco, no firearms. Um, you know, those kinds of products. Uh, so essentially it's, it depends on the regulation around it. So certain supplements I think are okay. As far as I know, um, we have an operations and a quality team that helps to determine that. Um, so it's like, if we can get the FDA certifications that then it's normally sure. okay. Right. So it's like the, the key test for us is can anybody that's 18 years old anywhere in America buy this product? And if that's okay, then we can normally fund the inventory. Um, and, uh, and then we look, you know, our basic measure, like the basic hurdle is 150K of trailing 12 months revenue. So, um, you know, we hope to extend into the long tail of the market and continue to provide our support. But that's the, that's the level where we've, we've been able to provide a good experience for all participants. Awesome. So, so in this context, like when, if you're a beginner seller, what, you know, obviously, what are the issues that you would suggest to a Amazon seller and e-commerce seller from the beginning to maybe avoid, like, obviously we want people to work with you or at the end of the day, but to maybe avoid this kind of situation, what do you, uh, online sellers have to do from the get go? 
right? The, because ultimately you're sitting on, you're investing into an inventory level. If you're a 3PL or a third party uh, seller and private label seller, I should say, and you're sitting on hundred thousand dollars potentially worth of goods, you don't have like that capital in your bank account to pay out other people. So my question is, how do people avoid that from the get go? It's almost like a, how, how do you prevent those sort of issues to to help with uh, cash flow? Yeah, I mean, um, so the best way of getting ongoing credit for a business is the same as personal, right? Which is to use credit, pay it back on time, and then you build up a profile, and then you're able to access, you know, more credit from more providers over time. Um, when you're a small business and you have like you're really getting started, like let's say you've got zero revenue, right? Initial production Great. run, I. You know, those are those are people I say you should be going to Indiegogo and you should be going to Kickstarter, right? Like that's actually the perfect use case for rewards crowdfunding because you have no capital, you have no customers, right? You've got no product market fit. So that's the best place. You go to rewards crowdfunding, and if you're successful, you get all three. You have your customer base, right. you have initial revenue, and you have product market fit. You've identified a market that that wants to buy your stuff, right? So so that's the best place to start, right? And then that normally gets you going. We've we've worked with companies that have done nothing other than a rewards crowdfunding campaign that got them over 150K of revenue. And then we've been able to come in and provide uh, the inventory funding from for them to continue to grow their business from there. Um, if you can't quite get there with a rewards crowdfunding campaign, there are other options. So I encourage people um, to speak early to the Small Business Administration and talk to see what SBA loans are available. There's a lot of stuff out there to support small and medium businesses. Um, use the advantages that you have. Um, and uh, and then also look at all, potentially alternatives. So, you know, I like to, I always give a shout out to Kiva Zip. They offer up to $10,000 of interest-free loans, um, small business loans for people that are just getting started. So. I think they run a great program for people that are, you know, a little bit earlier in the cycle in their growth. That's awesome. And then obviously you guys would take over and help with that because for people who don't understand, you know, Amazon doesn't pay you out just because you send them a hundred thousand dollars worth of goods. Like that's not how this works. And if you're on this uh, stream in here and you think that's how it works, that's not how it works. <laughs> um, but uh, for inventory or for, I should say cash flow issues, obviously, lots of people are going to like, how do I pay back people and whatnot? Um, in these kinds of concepts, what are the what are the other ways out there that we kind of touched a little bit on it that exist and people may not know, like, I didn't know I could go to like a bank and get these kinds of loans, but it may not fit my business model, right? Every business sure. can help with other business models. And maybe yours doesn't fit everyone's. Obviously, that's not the case. Who is the perfect customer for you? And how do you help them be the most successful possible? Like, what does that uh, avatar look like, if that makes sense? Yeah, so our best customer is a growing product brand that um, we describe them as omni-channel distribution. So what that means is you're, you're selling often through Amazon, maybe through your own Shopify store, and maybe Target or a few wholesale accounts, REI or someone like that, right? They also like your product and they're stocking your product in a few stores, right? So that's like, the perfect business for us to work with. We fund their inventory, right? It doesn't matter where it goes, whether it goes to REI, whether it goes to Amazon, Shopify, um, our inventory funding consignment model works for all of those different use cases. Um, and uh, I think that there are, 
lots of opportunities for trade finance out there. Um, so, you know, it's just, it really depends on the characteristics of the business. If you're a pure wholesale company and you're only selling to REI, you know, um, AR factoring, traditional AR factoring might be a good fit for a business like that. But what we see is that increasingly more and more of the market is moving to omni-channel distribution because if you're selling to a retailer, right, at a 30, 40, 50% margin, they're doubling your price again and then selling it to the end user. And if you can go direct to consumer with a 70% margin, right, that's, that's the gravy for these businesses a lot of times, right? What we see often is businesses that sell wholesale to, to increase their quantity so that they can improve their margins and they make almost all of their profit on their direct to consumer channel, right? Right. So when, can you maybe walk through a math problem? How does, how this works? If I'm a business, I'm going to work with you and I need a hundred thousand dollars worth of inventory. Mm -hmm. Walk me through the process of how much am I ultimately paying out? How much am I going to be able to keep? Like, where all, like, where are you guys making the money? And, and like, I, I just want to understand too, because like people finances specifically in any time of money, you want to know where all the money's going towards. And I think this is beneficial to you to kind of say, this is why we excel at, uh, it's after you guys, not before you sell something, it's after you sell something. So you're right. benefiting, we're benefiting, same thing like that. So maybe walk me through $100,000 worth of inventory I need. And how does that work for you guys on kick further? Yeah, so let's say you've got $100,000 worth of inventory and you're selling it at a 66% margin, okay? Uh, direct to consumer through a Shopify store. So you need to buy 100 grand of widgets. Maybe it's, uh, let's say it's, uh, uh, we're gonna call it 1,000 widgets at $100 each, okay? So you've got these $100 widgets, you're buying them, you wanna ship 1,000 in. So you would come to kick further and you'd say, either at two points one is prior to the production hey my factory needs a hundred grand to produce a thousand widgets for me right can you guys fund it so then you come to kick further we go through our qualification um our checklist scorecard process with the business and then as long as everything looks good great um we qualify the business we fund the deal and this is where kick further earns our revenue we'll actually fund five percent more so if you need $100,000, we'll fund $105,000, give or take a, you know, a couple of rounding percentages there. Um, and then we earn a 5% funding success fee only when the funding is successfully raised for the business. So we raise $105,000, kick further earns $5,000, and then we take that $100,000, pay your factory, have the inventory produced, shipped to your warehouse and then we're looking at the same inventory reports that you're looking at so then you get a thousand units shipped it arrives let's say in january we check in 15 days later january 15th you've sold a hundred units at 300 dollars a unit you pay kick further back um, with the consignment profit that's offered so let's say you expect to sell through the units in six months you might offer one and a half percent to our users so, um, you know, you'd be looking at paying 9% in six months. So then you get the inventory. We fund it at $105 per piece because we've increased the cost of goods, right? You sell it for 300. When you sell it for 300, you pay kick further back about $114, which is our 5% fee plus the 9% profit that's going to our community. Gotcha. So, and you guys aren't, you guys aren't the ones dishing at you. I say kick further kick further is not the one sending out a hundred thousand dollars worth of inventory. It's a community, right? It's like, it, it might be from myself. I'm like, here is 
a hundred dollars or something like that? What, what's like a minimum, like how does, how has that concept worked and how do you work with like individuals who are just throwing, throwing, I say throwing or putting money towards this inventory. Like I'm not like checking at you or anything like that. Uh, I, I, my stimulus check is going directly to kick further or something like that. Like what, what is like, th this sounds like very much like investment and opportunity that me as a person who wants to see businesses succeed, I can't lose. Is that, is that true? Like me putting money towards inventory can't lose in that concept. Right. Or well, I mean, if you look at your community, right? Like we all know that retail industry entails some risk, right? We've, but who, who hasn't had the experience where you funded some products and they didn't sell as well as you thought they would, right? Sure. So uh, what we typically do tied into the inventory systems is we'll give our users the ability to take delivery of inventory. If you fund something that, um, you know, doesn't end up selling as quickly as, as they expected or doesn't end up selling at all, uh, what you have the option to do is to take delivery of the inventory as a user at the cost price of where you funded it, right? Um, so, you know, as a user, you can participate for as little as $20, depending on the co-op, the consignment opportunity that you find on the platform. And your downside is typically that you can take delivery of the inventory at cost. But, you know, going back to the backpack example, you might not want another 10 backpacks, right? And so we also offer our users a liquidation option where you know and if you if anyone's been through liquidation you know you're not getting a, a significant return there right so that's where right. that's where we see that our users take a haircut and what we try to do and you know this is why we call qualify the businesses and run them through that checklist scorecard is you know try and select for the businesses that are going to be more successful with their sales projections right so you almost have to vet all these people before they even enter your marketplace right like before they even tap into your marketplace. So how, how do you build this marketplace? That's a, a very cool concept. I would say like, uh, just being able to like the, so this, this reminds me very similar. I don't know if you know the company PickFu. they've built a, com a community of, uh, AB testers, right? Like I can go to a cons, uh, go to my community. I can survey quickly a hundred users around the world, depending on profile, demographic, things like that. And I can say, do you like logo A or logo B and give me specific details why you like either or. So I can prove my concept beforehand um, before I sell it or a logo or idea or whatnot. And they'll give me honest feedback. I just pay per user. In this case, you're building out a marketplace of people who are funding like, hey, mm -hmm. this is our concept. Like, how, how'd you build off this collection of people? Like, you're not going door to door or anything like that. This is how, how are you? How are you still? Uh, maybe <laughs> maybe you are. I don't a know. A little bit. <laughs> tell, yeah. tell, tell me about it. Tell me more. There's this funny story I tell. Um, so when we first got started five years ago, it was just me, a developer and and another co-founder, right? And it was like, I was doing business development. I had one guy doing sales, trying to close businesses to bring them to the platform, um, you know, to get them to sign these consignment contracts. And then we had a guy doing the development. And um, the, the sales guy said to me at a certain point, he's like, all right, but if we bring a business, how, how, who's gonna fund it? And I was like, I'll go on Reddit and I'll tell Reddit about it and Reddit will fund it. And no joke, that's exactly what happened. So we brought a business on, um, it was a small offer, you know, $1,400 and um, a small like co-op. Like a recruitment fee almost. Yeah. And, and we went out to Reddit and we essentially just said, hey, is anybody interested in supporting American entrepreneurs and product entrepreneurs and small and medium businesses, right? And like, 
that's a thing that people do want to support. And then once people started seeing that it was working and they were able to find lots of really interesting, you know, find new products and also find interesting companies and entrepreneurs that they were happy to support, um, we did the PayPal route. So we offered a $10, 10-10 referral fee. So you get 10 bucks and your buddy gets 10 bucks. And then from there, we just saw that the, uh, the referral program just took off. So that's, you know, more users brought more users. And we run a very active um, recruiting section of our business for the businesses, right? So we do a lot of selection and we're out there working with partners um, to find the best entrepreneurs to bring to the platform. So pe can people make a lot of money by working with you guys? Like, to be honest, is that, I mean, like that, that seems like there's a win for everyone. Like you as a company are winning, right? Because ultimately people are funding through you. Uh, sellers are winning because they can have more inventory or they can have more inventory, sell quicker, don't have to sit on inventory as long and they might maybe can order quicker. And I've always said on this show, like we've heard it before and time and time again, the valuation of your business always comes at the quicker you can turn your inventory. So mm -hmm. like a company, like an aggregator, like a Thrasio or like a recon or like, uh, an elevate brands, for example, they'll look at evaluation of your company. If you're turning your inventory at, often at a very high margin, you know, that's good for people because that means people are buying it consistently. So what can can the community itself, can they make a lot of money doing this? Like, I, I don't know what the average person's making in terms of invest when they're investing in their returns. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it, it's like, uh, it's not a lottery ticket. Okay. Like you're never going to make, I'm not uh, saying like you can quit your full time <laughs> job and just fund people. Right. Like that's all I'm saying. But like, if I'm an average person, I like want to support other businesses and growing. Is that like, uh, you know, if you're investing this much, how much is a typical, you know, uh, investor making? Yeah. I mean, if, if you look, um, you're going to go kick further.com, all of our deals are public, right? So you can take a look and you can evaluate the co-ops for yourself, but if you go on right now, I think we've got like three or four co-ops live and they offer anywhere between, you know, one to 2% profit consignment profit per month, right? So if you annualize that out, you know, you're looking at maybe 12 to 24% annualized if you're able to find that kind of consistent deal flow. Um, but, you know, at, at the end of the day, it ba it's based on, you know, picking out good, good companies that are going to perform. Uh, I did mention that we have, you know, one out of, 20 of the co-ops on kick further ends up getting canceled and they're unable to sell through the inventory. So there is that risk um, that you end up, you know, potentially taking delivery of the product. And, uh, you know, what I look at is this is an industry funding inventory is not new, right? AR factors, banks have been doing this for a very long time. What we're really doing is just creating access to something that has existed for a long time. And just like, there's been some AR factors have been much, much more successful um, than other people that have funded inventory, right? So it's kind of like, uh, we know for a fact that there are people that have uneven outcomes on the platform, right? Right, gotcha. And, and I put the website again, it's also in the show notes, but for people who are like, we while listening to this, please don't tune away, but kickfurther.com <laughs> is where you can look at it. And you have live deals that go live two and five a day, like two o'clock and five o'clock. Is that, uh, is that so what I saw? All of our deals go into upcoming. Um, they go up and then they go live at 2 p.m. Eastern, uh, 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern. So it's they always get released live at the same time every day. So what? Why those times? Like I'm curious. I, I'm a data nerd. Like is that because everyone's like active around 2 p.m.? They're like not post uh, lunch nap time, but it's like 
before you're productive on the back half of the day or how's that work? Is there, is there yeah. an insight that you can share <laughs> with us? Like why you chose those times? I wish I had a better answer than we picked it and it works, you know, like, we picked <laughs> There's it. There's no data it or works. analytics or anything uh, like that behind it. <laughs> no, we literally, we were like, oh, people will be off work uh, in New York City. So that seems like a good time. So we picked 5 p.m. And, you know, it's like kind of always worked for us. So and, you know, it's kind of like now we look at our traffic and our traffic goes crazy and spikes up at 4.55 p.m. Right. So it's like we set the rule. And then our whole community has adapted to our rule. And it's been pretty interesting to see. Yeah. You know? I mean, this is what I think. Like it's happy hour. You're like, what can I do with like, you know, how what what can I do on the internet right now? You're flipping through and you're like, oh, like fun product. Like there you go. Like that that that's makes sense. Like we're just gonna go yeah. with that, right? Happy hour. Yeah. Blame that. We'll, we'll call it that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Friday at a happy hour. Like you I bet you, you see spikes on like towards the weekend. Is it on the weekday or weekend? Like how's that? Is it every day that you guys are going live with these uh, campaigns? So what's interesting is we get an, uh, an interesting amount of traffic from entrepreneurs during the weekends, um, like people that start to create accounts and start to like construct their, their co-op funding uh, opportunities. But uh, more of our users are active on the weekdays, right? So it's <laughs> like, it seems like our entrepreneurs are like busy working during the week, and then they use their weekends to work on that like important, not urgent stuff, you know? Crap, I looked at my week's worth of sales and I need more inventory or something like that. Interesting. <laughs> exactly. So oh. here, here, here's another question. So you guys are on the financing side. Is there anything else that you're helping entrepreneurs grow, whether it's like forecasting when you need to order more inventory or even how to tap into like other parts, how to grow sales and velocity? This seems like an opportunity like at the core it, you fixed a problem, but then there's offshoots of like, this is how we grow your business even more through either yeah. services, product offerings. Have you guys thought about that um, in terms of it? Or do you even offer that? Yeah. So there's some stuff that we're going to be doing ourselves. And then I would say we also have an excellent, excellent stable of partners to provide some of the other, the other attributes we know are needed. So um, you know, if you go to kickfurther.com partners, you can review, we've got partners that help with distribution packaging, you know, digital marketing, depending on the business, as you know, right, these, these entrepreneurs just have such different needs that trying yeah. to, to meet all of them, like we can do inventory, which is common to pretty much every single one, but then some need support here, there, or the other. So we rely on a, a very strong stable of partners to provide a lot of that. One of the areas that we have identified that we can create a lot of value is in supply chain management. So that's been my background. It's also common for every single business that has uh, that has inventory, right? That has physical goods. You've got a supply chain, right? Whether you call mm -hmm. it that or not, you've got a supply chain. And what we've identified is that businesses that have better supply chain management tools and have better supply chain management rigor can command better prices, right? So if you've got redundancy in your supply chain, you can get multiple quotes. You can pick the best factory that's going to deliver the best quality at the best price. What we see is actually much more common is entrepreneurs end up kind of married to one manufacturer and that one manufacturer knows how to make their stuff. And that that kind of creates a, a fragility to these product businesses. Um, and so one of the things we're deploying that I'm pretty excited about in the very near future is a, a mobile app that we're calling Snowmelt, which will be a product spec and supply chain management tool to help to help. Uh, 
entrepreneurs build redundancy in their supply chains, which we view as being an important point of resiliency. It's almost like an SOP of sorts of, you know, like when, you know, other people can help manage it and you know exactly when it's going to, uh, you know, build into your ecosystem that specifically you can put in all your own uh, stats, data analytics and needs. Is that kind of what it would be like? I mean, actually, so it's like, it's almost more simple than that. So it's like, a, it's a product spec tool. So essentially it's like, if you're buying a cup, right? Knowing exactly, like if you're buying this cup, right? It's like mm -hmm. knowing exactly what goes into this cup. What's the paper, you know, how do they construct it? What's the press, blah, 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 blah. What's, right. you know, so there's all this stuff that goes into how things are manufactured. If you know exactly how something is manufactured, you can take that spec sheet and you can take it to five different manufacturers and you can compare apples to apples, right? Like direct okay. comparison of cost. Whereas if you're just buying right from one factory and you're like, Hey, give me another 10,000 cups, right? Great. They're going to give you the other 10,000 cups. But if something happens to that factory, trying to get the exact same product, right. Yeah. Is, is actually pretty challenging. Um, if you don't have these product spec sheets set up on the front end. So pretty much our, the app is just a guided walkthrough to help entrepreneurs create a product spec sheet. Um, and then we invest in customer success to, to kind of help guide, all right, now that you have the product specs, what are the next steps of building redundancy in your supply chain? How can you use this product spec sheet to uh, command better prices and better margins for your business? Right. And we've actually had like King Azari of he's with the Titan Network and he has a lot of great insight in terms of manufacturing. He always says the more prepared you are with negotiating with the supplier, whether it's like uh, the first one or, you know, just other ones that might not uh, give you everything you specifically need. You need to be able to have this is everything I need specific to this product. I don't want just cup like they're going to say, OK, like, what does that mean to you? Like, right. here's a pre here's like 10,000 different kinds of cups we can produce. Or you're like, this is how I want to be specific. This is my this is the quality we expect. How can you work with us in that regards? And then they'll give you like their best foot forward because you sound like an entrepreneur who knows what the hell they're talking about. And then they want to work with people like that instead of like, I'm thinking about creating another fidget spinner and I'm going to be the next millionaire. What's your cheapest price? And like, they're yeah. like, pass, like, <laughs> no, thank you. Or like, here's a cost and it's not, it's not a great price, but if you know what you are as an entrepreneur, that sounds like that's something you can help like weaponize you to help negotiate from the get go. So that's really cool. Congrats on that. Is that, is that something available now or is that something coming soon? Like to be determined? Yeah. It's uh, so we expect if you're to go looking live. at your developers on the side of the screen, I can tell you <laughs> like that, that they're like, Oh crap, that was due today. I forgot, all, <laughs> I forgot yeah, about exactly. that. No, we have uh, I expect that it'll be coming out in like, let's say four, four weeks from where we are today. So we're really, awesome. really close. We've been working on it for about four and a half months now. So it'll that, be a beta and it'll be a little rough around the edges, but, but it'll be out soon. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So are you, you're taking, is that both Android and iOS? Yeah. So it'll, it should go out live Android, iOS at the same time. Um, and you know, when we launch it live, it'll probably be a limited release, like a beta. We probably won't market mm -hmm. it too much, but if anybody wants to look it up, it should be live in April. We're going to call it Snowmelt. will be the app Snowmelt by kick further. Awesome. Very cool. I mean, congrats on that success. Um, kind of going back to the holistic nature of funding and kind of freeing up inventory. You guys are working with just United States companies or do you guys, are you tapped into like funding all around the world for businesses if they're 
you know, in Europe or in Australia and they want to sell in the United States, what are the, what are the other qualifications that a business might have to need to, in order to work with you guys? So we fund manufacturers that are around the world, but the entrepreneur and the business has to be located in the US. So if you're a US based company, but you're buying from a, a European factory, we can fund that production in Europe and have it shipped to you in the US. But we need the entrepreneur and we need the products to be sold in the US. That's where we're operating currently. And we'll okay. probably end up expanding to like Canada and the UK, you know, are, are probably like our next places to go. Um, and then going from there. Interesting. So, I mean, basically that that's still a wide variety of what's where sellers are, if they're sourcing from international, um, you know, locations and whatnot, and they're selling in the United States more often than not that I'm, I'm assuming that's a high percentage of people that we have questions yeah. of people who are in, in like, there's a statistic that came out. Um, lots of people are growing in terms of new sellers and growth in terms of like India as well as China, but also like around the world, but they're selling in the United States. So that was my question of, can those people tap into, you know, your business? So that, that definitely makes sense. Yeah. Um, when I'm just, there's a couple other questions I can go down in terms of what, what, what's kind of the end point because, uh, ultimately these businesses, and I can maybe come at it from this perspective, I think a lot of entrepreneurs are now saying the ability to exit a business more so now than ever, right? You have aggregators slash roll-up companies. You have private equity firms who can take a brand and want to quote unquote, take it to a next level. When you, Sean, are encountering a brand that's using your platform consistently and they want to exit a brand, how does that affect you? And how does that relationship maybe extend to a Thrasio or again, like a Elevate Brands or a a fortunate or whomever, like how, how does that relationship change when they make that exit strategy? Do you guys have something when someone exits that you are also getting paid out? Like, how does that work in that regards? Or if they have inventory mm -hmm. that they're exiting, like that sounds like a sticky situation yeah. potentially. Uh, so we don't take any equity. We're non-dilutive. So there's no warrants at kick further though. You know, you're starting to make me think maybe an opportunity there uh but i'm all about uh, giving free business advice here on crossover <laughs> i like it um so no we don't take any equity we're non-dilutive in an exit scenario we're not taking a piece of that pie um when the inventory transfers it's typically typically what happens so we have an option uh in each of our contracts that says at any time if the business wants they can just buy the inventory from kick further at the option price right and then that just ends the obligation so in cases where businesses have sold you can imagine that uh they want to have inventory and if we own that inventory what they'll do is they'll just exercise that option they'll buy out the inventory from kick further and then they start with the business stocked up ready to go ready to continue to drive and grow um typically uh, unfortunately, it, that normally terminates the relationship with the business as well, right? So these big firms, they have their own financing and they typically are not very interested in paying for somebody else to provide inventory financing. If you've got, you know, a billion dollars of cash sitting in a bank account like Thrasio does, you know, uh, why would you pay, you know, for additional cash, right? They're, they're sitting on a mountain of it. So typically what we see is private equity, they'll, they'll extend a deal and then they'll say, by the way, we also want all of the inventory finance, right? So here's three, four million bucks to buy your business. And then, you know, we're going to do $3 million on a revolver for inventory finance to, to take that entire piece of it as well, right? 
So well, yeah, and there and to be honest, like there's other businesses, and obviously this is a conversation like each each aggregator in the space is different, right? So they're all going to have their level of ability to have their own either set of financing, or they're a little bit smaller and more like like you said, more of a uh, not a niche, but like maybe more like a niche or like uh, a boutique, if you will, uh, a little bit smaller scale. They don't have the capital in order to exit and just like extend inventory and just let it sit out there, right? They're taking on the ability to, uh, because that's the number one place where a lot of your inventory or your money gets tied up is inventory until you sell through it. Like that's not when you're getting paid out. And even then that's when people have to reinvest into more inventory. So right. with that, that being said, how do you guys work with trajectory in terms of like if people are scaling so quickly, how do you guys help? manage the process and like support it as they quickly start to, to rocket ship, hopefully, you know, quicker than they've ever thought possible. How do you, how do you help manage expectations and grow with them in that regards? Yeah, I think, um, so one of the things that we do, I think this is actually one of our key strengths as an organization. So what do we do really well is we look at present revenue, trailing 12 months revenue from the date that a business wants to launch their co-op. Um, and then we fund against that. So if a business is growing really, really quickly, then we can grab that revenue that they're looking at right then and there, and we can increase the limit that, of how much inventory they can fund with Kickfurther relatively quickly. So we scale um, much better than other uh, inventory finance solutions or, or merchant cash advance or daily debit or anything like that. Um, and that's it, one of the reasons for that is because we fund on the cost basis. So your revenue is always like, you know, you're, you've got a 60% margin or something like that, but your cost basis is usually, uh, you know, one third of what your revenue will be. And then based on the way that our business works, as long as you're not uh, looking at and trying to fund like 12 months of inventory at once, right? If you've got, like you were mentioning, like a solid four month, six month turn on your inventory, we've been able to scale businesses up really, really well. Um, there was one company that we started with them. They were at 300K of trailing 12 months revenue. Um, and then within 18 months, they got up to 5 million. And in that time, in wow. 18 months, we funded 1.6 million of inventory uh, for that business. And that's the that's kind amazing. of thing because as they pay it off, so there's like a few things that trigger. One is that the revenue is growing. So that that's one of the measures that we use to, to limit how much inventory a business can fund. Um, and the other thing is as they continue to perform on the platform, that also increases the limit. So on-time performance with a growing brand, we're able to scale that revenue and inventory funding for that business, like just right, right alongside them. And I think we do that really well. So in terms of production runs, do you guys have specific connections with like, uh, manufacturers or distributors that might like help you with a quicker turnaround or like cost in terms of savings do you guys have that network that's a part of like your ecosystem that you're able to say like hey like i go hey sean like you know i i think that if i could find a manufacturer i just don't have the time to find if i could drop my cost of goods to sit from seven bucks to six bucks i can instantly you know make another one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year do you guys have a network of people that you can say like, Hey, why don't you try like a referral system of, uh, you know, uh, networks of manufacturers? 
So, you know, my, my background is in supply chain manufacturing. Uh, my family runs a 30 person office out of Beijing that just does supply chain management. So, you know, that's, oh, that's like, you buried the lead, man. Like where, where is all this from? Like the, from the <laughs> beginning, like, that's awesome. That that's really cool. So you have family in Beijing who's helping logistics. Are they partner with you as a company or how does that work with you guys? Is that part uh, of kick further or? No, so we, we work with thing. them. Yeah, they, that's the that's their business. Kickfurther's my business. I mean, we we work. They'll support us sometimes with factory qualifications. Um, and you know, we're looking at potentially partnering up with some of those larger manufacturers overseas to kind of like do a, a deal flow referral thing. Um, you know, we look at Snowmelt as being like a really excellent way of helping to solve that problem of, you know, being able to control your supply chain, being able to manage your cost basis and being able to do it in a scalable way where we can help thousands of entrepreneurs, right? Because supply chain management is a very, it's detailed, right? And it's high touch, it's a lot of work and it can be expensive, right? If you've got a more complicated product and we just, we don't have the ability to support that, particularly as a U.S.-based company with U.S. labor costs. Like, um, we can't do that for all of the entrepreneurs we work with. So we have partners that can help with that, um, yeah. and we're looking at technology solutions to to enable that as well. What's the? How did twenty twenty fare for you guys? Like, how is that? Was that a nightmare of a situation with? this is how I see in terms of like maybe this being a struggle for businesses like this, when you get inventory backed up and you, you can't get it landed quick enough and you can't like you as a company only scale when people scale. So when you have logistic backups and nightmares like Amazon only accepting essential goods, right? How does that, how does that affect you as a business when a solution just like Amazon will shut down and not accept inventory? And you're not selling, therefore you're not making money, and your your audience is just sitting on investments that are, you know, not being sold. How does that work? And how did you guys problem solve and come out on the other end? Or if you're not on the other end, then what, what's it like? <laughs> like, like what's the mess like right now? Then yeah. Um, so what we saw was one of the things we look at for the businesses we qualify is diversity of distribution channel. So if you're just relying on Amazon, right? Like that's a riskier business than if you've got like 10 different places you're selling your inventory, right? So you said Omnichannel saw, is the number one customer. So that exactly. makes sense, okay. Yeah, and we think that that's the, those are like the most resilient businesses, right? Exactly for what you said. If the one channel blows up, right? You've got other places you can go. Um, so we were fortunate that that was, those protections were in place prior to the pandemic hitting, you know? Uh, we put that in place back in 2017 and so we were able to get through it pretty well. And it was also fortunate that because we're funding inventory, we had a pretty significant concentration in e-commerce. And you probably saw this, but there was like e-commerce went up like 20, 30 percent in, in a lot of cases. Right. Like people are at home, not going to the movies, not going out to dinner. They were just shopping. Right. They're doing a lot of online shopping. So mm -hmm. a lot of our brands got significant lifts and then there was a huge supply chain finance need for stuff like disinfectants and cleaners mm -hmm. and gloves and this, that, and the other. So we, we onboarded a few companies that had big, big demand needs and had uh, supply constraints and we were able to do really well by them and they were able to do well by our community. So that helped us get through it as well. Um, and you know, the unfortunate re reality is that there's some companies that were like very focused on like travel accessories that, didn't do so well and they continue to struggle, you know, but, but they still have the inventory and they're trying to sell through it. And we hope that things will, things will come back and, and they'll have a rough year, but they'll make it out, you know? 
Yeah. What's, where's the, before the top of the hour, where's the growth happening for you guys? Is it focusing more opportunity to help people grow into like Shopify or into like marketplaces like Target and more retail stores? Or is it going to be continued that focus internationally to other marketplaces? Where, where's that, that next step for kick further helping direct sellers, you know, kind of push them further um, kick, kick them further. If you will, but <laughs> man, I'm like a jokester yeah. today, uh, yeah. kick them further down the path to entrepreneurship. Yeah. I mean, I think it's doing, you know, we're looking at America as being like a huge market, right? We funded, uh, we're going to do about $8 million of inventory funding in Q1, right? That's like nothing compared to how much is out there. So yeah. for me right now, it's like, there's so many entrepreneurs and so many people we could be helping in our current market that just getting the word out there, spreading awareness. Like I look at this as putting the kick further tool in as many entrepreneurs pockets as I possibly can. Right. Like, so that's my mission right now. Um, and in terms of, you know, where we see it going, I think it's in, it's in technology and development of better data sources so that we can continue to support and identify and support entrepreneurs that are doing the right things for their businesses and building out the technology that helps those entrepreneurs that might not know right exactly what the right things to do are but to build that support so that we can create a path for entrepreneurship because at the end of the day i you know i mentioned at the beginning of this that i'm a deep believer in capitalism and a deep believer in entrepreneurship right so the more that we can do to support that and to make that path available to more people um i think that's our mission statement that's awesome what when you're also educating people you're also probably touting deals and discounts and how, how they can optimize their business in terms of like order quantities too, right? Like the more you order, the le the less each product costs. How are you educating people through this process? Because my, my personal belief is as a service provider, you need to also educate your audience of like, this is a situation you need to know, like all the options available and providing value on the separate context and like, just as a service, like, what is that, was that content piece for you guys that you're continuing to say like, Hey, you only want 10,000 units right now, but if you order 12,500, then you're going to drop that unit price down a dollar, which is going to save you down the road and look at the math. Like how, how is that working for you guys? Are you, is that a focus? Yeah. So we invest in customer success is one of the things I'll say. Everybody, every business that gets onboarded at, at kick further, will have a quick customer success call, talk about some of the partners, you know, see if there's a fit and any introductions that we can provide. So I think that's a, a key piece because you know these businesses like i said they're super unique and they really have very varied needs and goals and desires so we try to understand first and then try and make the match where if, if and where there's a match um but we also have a blog and in that blog we kind of put out very similar content to what you're describing like you know some of the stuff that's a little clickbaity like five questions to ask your supplier for better pricing you know whatever like right. stuff like that right um, and then we're also trying to, to get out um, and get the message out on podcasts like this one um, and, you know, reach audiences, you know, because people are consuming media in different ways. Right. I'm, I'm 34. So I don't know, a little bit older, I guess now. Um, hey, I'm 32. Like I'm 32. Like I'm right around there, man. So like I don't feel old. You shouldn't feel old either. <laughs> yeah. But I've realized I am right. Like I'm not big on podcasts. I'm not like on TikTok or Instagram. Like I, I, maybe I'm too old, but. Uh, I used to just read a lot, you know, and people aren't reading as much anymore. So we're trying to meet people and reach people where they are, where they're consuming content. And it's a learning experience for us too. 
That's awesome. I mean, well, congrats on the success. I mean, it sounds like you guys are growing and uh, there's opportunity out there. Obviously, like there's so much of the pie to be had. E-commerce will continue to grow. We just saw it speed up five years in one year. Like we, <laughs> exactly. we saw all these pain grows, like a teenager growing uh, from five foot to six foot in one year. So we're going to we're gonna need new clothes. We're going to need new shoes. We're going to find things that fit our needs uh, as we continue to grow. Uh, well, you, you kind of said you're continuing to educate Maybe like quickly, uh, not top, off topic, like you said, you're a big reader. What are some big books that you are a firm believer that every entrepreneur should like check out? You're a big capitalism person. Is there is there some educational materials that you as a side educator, you know, like mm-hmm. you're, you're doing this on the side with uh, your university stuff. How are you telling people to consume more uh, education? So I think um, there's like this one book that I recommend to anybody that's interested in entrepreneurship. It's Traction by Gino Wickman, which just is like a a very interesting little handbook that's kind of like a how to, how to run a business. And it's like the the principles in that book really apply to all businesses, right? Like measure what you think is important, blah, 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 have accountability. It's It's a good book. It's short and very, very digestible and very concrete action items. And then a little bit higher level, Uh, I found exponential organizations to be very influential to my thinking about how I scale kick further. And I love, love, love um, Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman, who I think is just one of the most influential books I've read about human decision-making, which I really view as being, you know, if you're raising money, if you're selling to customers, if you're marketing, like it just goes into so many pieces of a business and it's very, very valuable. Awesome. Well, Sean, all this stuff is, fantastic information. Thanks for sharing it. And again, for people who want to like learn more or just like kind of pick your brain or just talk to somebody there, how can they reach out? How how can they connect with you guys over there? So you can reach me directly at Sean at kickfurther.com. So that's my email address. If anybody shoots me an email, Um, you can connect with me on LinkedIn and um, for kickfurther, you know, uh, just go head to our website, you know, www.kickfurther.com and um sign up create an account browse around and and see how it goes awesome well thanks so much again today for for telling us how we can obviously grow and free up some of the you know tied up resources in our inventory and how to how grow in a different way online for uh, e-commerce and online shopper or sellers i should say and shoppers like i guess if you're a supporter in community go ahead and check out kick further as well and sign up how you can help your favorite brands grow as well Awesome. Thanks so much, Ryan. Yeah, thanks for hopping on, Sean. Uh, Stay right there, and then I'll uh, sign us off real quick. So uh, thanks again, Sean, uh, from Kickfurther, for joining us again on CrossFit Commerce. Again, this is episode 81. If this is your first episode or your 81st, go ahead and make sure that you subscribe and hit that bell button, whether you're watching or listening to this podcast. Again, we are on any sort of audio social media platform. Uh, You can find us, just uh, either find me, Ryan Kramer, uh, on social media, and I will produce all the content that we have out there. We go live four to five times per week. So you want to be notified when we do go live again next week, we have another four episodes coming at you hot and hot and fast in terms of anywhere from uh, building out your network. Uh, We have Athena from Titan network. We have uh, there's so many great guests that I'm so blessed to have people in our net in my network of people. I can share content and resources with you. Um, My audience and listeners uh, that come to this show. So go ahead and check us out next week. If you missed an episode this week, go ahead and check out ping pong payments on YouTube as well. And go ahead and look for the playlist crossover commerce. I'm Ron Kramer. 
Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great weekend, everyone. Be safe, be smart, and continue to be successful online. Thanks for tuning in.